welcome in Bill Lindsay, analyst with the Florida Panthers. Uh, Bill, you're with Kevin Carries and former NHLer David Schlemko. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Good morning, gentlemen. How's everything in Edmonton? Well, after a 16-game winning streak, it was pretty wild uh, just to see the reaction after the Oilers lost one. So how's that sound? Yeah, 16 games, that's a, that's a tremendous effort, especially where you're at in the standings, everything. Going that way, so you drop one, come out of a break, no big deal now. It would have been a big deal earlier in the season, but you know, after winning 16 games, it's just a, a little hiccup and pretty impressive what they've done. They Watching them from the outside mm-hmm. and... The Oilers, many thought they'd be a Stanley Cup favorite. People jumped off the bandwagon. Now people are just scrambling (laughs) to jump back Mm -hmm. into that boat and get get on board with the Oilers again. Did you get a chance, Bill, to watch a few games sort of in depth and and kind of, uh, I guess, sort of, you know, in your position, analyze how they were playing a lot tighter defensively and things like that? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. It was when Chris Knobloch got there and to, to me with the Oilers, what I've always been looking for for that group is to have a team concept. Uh, you got Drysaddle, you got McDavid, Hyman, you you got star players that carry the load. But the bottom guys, the, the third and fourth lines, you want to come in, you want to have a role on the team. I think Chris Knobloch was able to integrate some of the guys like like Derek Ryan, like McLeod, into different roles, into penalty killing roles, to kind of stretch out the minutes of the bottom bottom six guys, feel make them feel a bit more part of the team, and get McDavid not always around twenty four and Drysdale twenty five, bring them down to twenty one, twenty two, make it a team concept. The pinches weren't as bad; they got noticeably better off the rush, defending the rush uh, early on. Watching they would pinch with no forward support. So it seems like there's a lot more commitment and a lot more buy-in. But to me, when when you come to the rink and everyone has a purpose and has a job to do, I remember playing on teams where I played five, six minutes a night. I didn't want to go to the rink. It wasn't yeah. Hockey was not fun uh, when I was just played with Kovalchuk in Atlanta. He was on the ice all the time. When Burry was down here in Florida all the time. But we, were, we weren't winning. And it, it mm-hmm. just – I played on teams that win and uh, – uh, it seems like Chris Knobloch's been able to tighten it up, goaltending, penalty killing, but you've been able to get more defined roles and bringing Corey Perry in is going to help that. Uh, so so to me, from when I look at Edmonton, they went from just kind of just playing hockey to now a team that's kind of mm-hmm. united together with a lot more definition in what everyone's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good points. Great points, Bill. I couldn't agree more with uh, pretty much everything you said there. Um, I think Mark Stewart, obviously, uh, I think deserves some credit there too, especially on the PK. I think uh, he's really tightened up the PK and, like you said, uh, brought more of a roll on for those bottom six forwards there. Um, Yeah, I want to talk about Florida a little bit. Um, They they just don't seem to get the attention they deserve for me. Maybe it's because they're a Southern, a Florida team. It seems like people are talking about them a little bit more lately just because of maybe the physical kind of rambunctious style they've been playing. But um, why why do you think that is? They they don't get the attention they deserve. Well, we had a lot of bad years. (laughs) 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 So... Now, you got to earn that, and we did that last year with going to the Stanley Cup. Many thought as an eighth seed, was it 
just kind of a hot stretch and a hot run. You could have been out in the first round. Everything had to go right into that Boston series. But once you get on past that, you were pretty dominant against Carolina and Toronto and were banged up but faced a really good Vegas team. But they came into this year, they don't need the attention and all the media to to know what they're about because they're very happy down here our rink we've been getting 17,000 a night consistently mm. at least sometimes 18 19,000 awesome. so the fans are back in the building and that's what our ownership is concerned about and the, and South Florida down here pays attention to the Panthers which was not always the case Paul Maurice has changed the identity of this team from when they won the president's trophy to run and gun he talked about it to that that chippiness style, forechecking, hard on the pucks, play good defensively, structured, and they know who they are. Uh, if you take a look, if, if you want Edmonton, who are they? What are they about? You're starting to understand that. They're starting to get into their their DNA, their identity. Well, the Panthers found that in the second half of last year, and they came into this year after that Stanley Cup run knowing exactly how they want to play. All the systems were in place. So they hit the ground running, even without Montour and Ekblad. So you don't have to, to talk about them. This team is so, so bought in in the locker room, and they it's all structured around really, really solid, hmm. solid defense, and they kind of work it out work it out from there but they've got they that's just exactly what they are they they you're gonna be it's, you, if you play the panthers it's gonna be brutal it's hard mm. every single night you are gonna have to work for every inch on that ice and that's the way paul maurice wants it bill Lindsay, our guest kevin carey is david schlemko on sports 1440 bill does uh color analyst for the florida panthers uh bill what's what's gm bill zito gonna do with uh well, a guy that's having a phenomenal season, Sam Reinhardt here, and I almost liken to what the situation was in Toronto with uh, Willie Nylander and uh, the situation being a UFA moving forward and the, the season that he's having, the contract, etc. What do you see happening here in the next little bit with uh, Sam Reinhardt? Yeah, it's interesting. They want to get a, probably get a deal done. Just what is the price going to be and how much can you ex- does they expect to pay him? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be uh, Bill Zito's been able to work a, a lot of magic and Sam Reinhardt's having one of those breakout years that he's never experienced before 20 goals on the power play how do you define those metrics is going to be uh, kind of what Bill Zito's going to have to dig into because this is a year like he's never had before mm-hmm. so do you say this is who he's always he is moving forward is he a 50 goal scorer or is he just had a, at a the shooting percentage is around 27 percent uh if he's able to maintain that that seems unlikely mm. so some regression yeah. so there has to be a kind of a happy middle ground there but they want to get a deal done and find that in place and you have to work around it too with it they want montour and forsling in this <clears throat> fold too with discussion so mm-hmm. those, those are the three big guys that they're going to have to make decisions on uh, Reinhardt with this year, you would love to have him back. We'll just see what the price tag and the negotiations end up being. But Bill Zito's been very – all the moves that he's made has been very, very calculated. So I'm sure he has a plan in place, a number in place, and just going to try and work off that. Hmm. Hmm. Uh 
Bill, you know, I just I saw this video the other day of uh, a bunch of the Panthers getting to the rink in their golf carts. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you saw. I think it was on TSN or something. But um, yeah, I, I know you've been down in Florida for a while. Um, I I played in Arizona, lived down in the South for a long time. Um, there's a lot of fans up here in Canada that don't understand why guys like playing down there. You know, they'll say it's it's not a hockey market. The fans aren't as good, but you know, as players and probably as a broadcaster too, I'm sure you love it there. Can you just speak a little bit to maybe the advantages of living in the Southern climate as a hockey player? Yeah, David, I felt I, when I first came down here, I came from the Quebec Nordiques. And when I first got a chance here, we had a really good team in those early nineties. And I put on the flip flops. We had training camp at Doral and you just, it's, when you go outside and it's sunny, it's 70 degrees every day, you come home after practice, uh, you don't stay inside. You go outside, you go down to the beach. The winters seem to fly by, and hockey's part of it, but you're you're able to kind of escape. And you talked about these guys and their golf carts. Well, after practice is done, a lot of these players live on the intercoastal, right on the water. You wake up, you have breakfast, you sit outside on your porch, and you just watch the boats go by. You also have a boat of your own. So after practice, if you want to take your boat out, a lot of these players just get together, take their boat out, drive the new practice rink, which is in right downtown Fort Lauderdale, where these guys are living. Uh, you can take your golf cart all over to a million different uh, restaurants. Uh, there is the property tax, or sorry, the income tax factor that that, right. <laughs> that plays in, but that's not much. But the, just the quality of life that uh that you sustain here and the uh, if you want to go out and play nine holes after mm-hmm. after your practice do it if you want to go out on your boat go fishing for two hours you can it's just it takes your mind off the game and it just really lends itself to what i found is a culture that was man this to just to be out there when you see the sun every day i honestly after being down here for 30 years if i my wife's parents live in victoria if i go out there in victoria and it's cloudy for two weeks i'm like depressed i, I have a hard time i have a hard time i get that sad that seasonal affectionate disorder starts to, starts to kick in so there is something just about of, it depends what you want out of, there's different markets and everything is special right. about a different place but that is what we have to offer down here is you can do just just about everything that you want on a perfect summer day because that is our that our, our winter is it rains a few times in the winter and that's about it not bad. Yeah. Bill, Bill Lindsay, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Uh, when you're talking about your career, Bill, the, 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 when you got to Florida, the 95-96 team, can you just share some memories about how uh, special the team was and, and the great run that you went on? Yeah, it was good back then in the early 90s. And to be with those guys that you look at Brian Scrudland, Scott Mellenby, uh, Roger Nielsen was our coach. Doug McLean then came in, took the Stanley Cup Finals. But the, they were they were such quality people to be around, and that's where I learned how to stay in the NHL. That if you you could skate, and Roger taught me just dump it out, 
dump it in, hit some bodies, <laughs> play defense. You can you can find your way in this league. And then I had Scott Mellenby, Scoodle, and Fitzgerald, Lowry, Stubar. I just had all these guys to lean on for support, and they were they were so special and mentors and. What's what's uh, so we had that Stanley Cup run and it was outrageous. It was fun. The fan base, the rats, the one in, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the rat, rats. the rats. It's a once in a lifetime experience. But to go through it with the people that I went through it means the most. And the the, the best thing I can say about all, that team and all those people, if you look at the majority of them and look at what they're still doing with their lives and hockey or outside of hockey they've uh i can't look back on anyone on that team that's got divorced Mm -hmm. um they can't look back on anyone that team that has not had a really fulfilling life after hockey for the for the most part so that kind of speaks volumes of just what we had character wise here in the early 90s Hmm. um did you guys, I mean, you lost to Colorado in the final uh, four straight. Did, did I mean, that was a great team Colorado had, but did you kind of maybe just run out of gas a little bit too? Yeah, a bit. I would say it's a, a different outcome. Uh, we, Boston in five, Philadelphia in six, and Pittsburgh in seven. My only yeah. chance at the Stanley Cup, if there was one series that I would want rest for and time to prepare it would be the Stanley Cup because it was strange. We had breaks between Boston and Philadelphia, but after Pittsburgh, right to Colorado, one day of practice, right into the Stanley Cup, and you're inundated media, family, your head's just spinning, and then the puck drops, and it was a competitive first game, get blown out in game two, and then we were able to refocus, come back here, maybe thought, but you're in a hole quickly. I wouldn't say so much just ran out of gas as, they they were an inch better than us. Uh, we lost game three by a goal and game four in triple overtime, one to nothing. So the margin of error was, it, it just becomes so slim. I just, uh, to look back, if we had a, just some time to get ready for it, but they were, you got to give Colorado credit. Yes, they were the better team. Uh, we fought so hard all the way, but to have a goaltender like Patrick Waugh, we just, didn't didn't have enough of what we needed in that final element in the Stanley Cup. Uh, Bill, what, one last one for you. Washington in Florida tonight. Just uh, your thoughts on that game, and then uh, maybe you just have one quick follow up uh, regarding the Capitals. So yeah, tonight after a disappointing loss, the Panthers came out uh, flat against the Philadelphia Flyers. Played all right yeah. in the first period. Second and third period was just very lethargic out of the break. Uh, so expect a much more up-tempo tonight, upbeat. Let's get after this capital team. Uh, try try and get two more points. they got a big game coming up on Saturday against Colorado. Make sure you don't look past <laughs> this Washington team and, and get it. The Washington team, if I look at that Metro division, they're the one team that's kind of hung around the playoff race. I just didn't have any belief in them at the start of the year. And the problems that they've had to go through, Ovechkin only 10 goals. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's been hurt for the majority of the season. Backstrom retires. Kuznetsov in the player's assistance program when he was playing. He was invisible. They're trying to get young guys inserted into the, to the lineup. It's transition. It's it's an older team with a lot of old guys with some younger younger kids that they're trying to trying to put in the lineup i just don't see them hanging around in that metro uh, that's the one team that 
just trouble scoring goals. Yeah. There's, there's a, that's where the, the Gretzky record. I was just going to say yeah, that. that's what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah. And the Gretzky record, and now, now it really becomes a thing. Yeah. If Ovechkin ends up here with 17, 18, 19 goals and now turns 39 years old. And Wayne Gretzky said the first 800 goals are easy <laughs> after that. After that, after that, Father Time, it, be, it, it becomes an issue. So with Ovechkin trying to chase this on a very bad team, on a power play that's not very good, where he normally gets his goals, that's, that's the only thing for the Capitals, rooting-wise, if you're a fan that you're kind of interested in, is where does this play out? But <laughs> what seems to maybe be a foregone conclusion is not so anymore. So I'm going to watch Ovechkin firsthand tonight. That's going to be... Top of mind for me, and we'll we'll see what's at. at. But father t- father time's undefeated, and starting <laughs> to catch up not only to Ovechkin but the whole this whole cap yeah. capital team. They're they're yeah. kind of in a, a real transition mode. Sixty two back. Do you think he can still get there? He'd have to play. So sixty two yeah. ends up another ten fifty back. So we'd have to go. At 39 years old, 20, 40 years old, 20, and then 41, 50. Yeah. Ah, ah. What are you then? What are you doing? You're just hanging around for, you know. Yeah, you're just really, really, really chasing it. Uh, it's not like I he mean, brings a lot other than scoring now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's, the, that's the problem with, like, he can score a lot of goals where he scores on that power play with sneakers on. Yeah. He's got four on the power play, he's got two or three empty netters. That's How many, like, just with the five-on-five five with the goalie in, there's only been three or three or four this whole year that he's mm-hmm. scored in that that type of scenario. Not moving like he like he used to. It's uh, it's uh, it just depends on how long and this. It, it, to me, you would have to change teams. This capital teams, it's not going to be. They're they're not. They're one of the teams that's really going to take a hit here in the next couple of years and fall back and then have to rebuild it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, hey, Bill, thanks for uh, your time this morning. Enjoy the game uh, tonight, and uh, we'll we'll chat soon. Appreciate it. All right. I always appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Good luck up there. Yeah, thanks, thank Bill. you. That's Bill Lindsay, Florida Panthers.